Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tandy. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. Yeah, today um, we are going to be talking about Season 5, Episode 2. The title is HELP! With an exclamation point at the end. But on Amazon Prime they left out the exclamation point. Um, and in Germany the title is Good Advice is Expensive. Um, and uh, the IMDb user synopsis is... Matt blames his first ever bad grade for the crucial course organic chemistry on everyone and collect excuses to delay studying rather than seek help. Simon is desperately lonely again after Jim's ma absurdly blamed him, but finds unhoped popularity when helping Lucy campaign for ball queen. Eric worries more about a surprise visit than the obvious reason, another attempt to make Mary see sense now she's behind with her car insurance payments. Ball queen. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, well, I mean, most of that is accurate, but it just doesn't make sense. Make Mary see sense now. She's behind with her car <laughs> insurance payments. So, what was your first impression? Um, well, I mentioned this when the episode ended, but this is the first time uh, that wasn't like a two-parter where we have an unresolved storyline. Um, which Aaron mentioned is a, it's all about the uh, Mary Camden, like, I guess it's like a quarter season long arc or something. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I kind of liked that they, hmm, what did I like about this? <laughs> um, I kind of like that, uh, the, at least in the beginning, we very much, I feel like sometimes we get that, like, they're kind of overly happy all the time, everyone. And I see, I think it seemed like I liked the idea that not everything was going as planned for all the Camdens. Okay. Yeah. Good. I don't know. Okay, so I guess we can get into the cold open. Yep. Um, which... Starts with uh, a peek into Matt's uh, organic chemistry class. Where he, they're receiving back a test grade, like a test that a does... A pre-midterm? I don't know. I've never the, heard of this. The grade does not count. It's just to, like, gauge how you're doing before the midterm, and we find out that, like, they have two weeks until the midterm, and Matt... Well, the professor's like, oh, most of you failed, and those of you that passed barely passed, and Matt passed, he got a D. So that he's better off than a lot of the people in the class, I guess, um, but the professor is like, oh, you need this course for, if, you, if, you're, if you're doing pre-med, um, if you can't pass this course, you might want to consider a different career because you need to pass this to be a doctor. He's basically saying, like, I think you guys should reconsider while you're Your here. Your life plan. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we kind of, we don't really understand where Matt's head is at until later on in the episode, but he looks distressed. Um, we then move on to Mary, who is working at the pool hall still, but she's, um, on the phone with what we later learn is her car insurance company, because she's behind on car insurance payments, and they're threatening to cancel. Uh, but she's doing this while she's at work. And the same manager guy who she asked if she could, like, leave work to buy the car is kind of like, you gotta get back out there. You know, I think he says something about the boss or the yeah, manager. Yeah, the, the manager's there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, but I thought this guy was the manager because the Same. guy, the guy <laughs> you see later is like, looks like the owner. So, anyway, um, 
So, but she, like, continues to make phone calls and fight with the car insurance people so we don't see her waiting a whole lot of tables. Um, and then we get the kiddos. Yeah, we're back. We're actually in the Camden household now um, where the Rev is cooking. Um, uh-huh. Haha, joke, but it's supposed to be, like, he's getting better at it because... It's a miracle. I don't know. I think it's because I think the reasoning is because the twins are here now, so he needs to like help out more. We learn um, that Ma- uh, Mary Annie has her first college exam on child psychology, so the Rev wants to step up for like the days leading up to the test, so Annie can focus on that. And that's when the kids come in, uh, each with their own storyline, right? Yeah. Um, Ruthie has a letter from the school. The principal wants to meet with the parents the next day. Ruthie doesn't know why. Um, or Ruthie does know why, but doesn't want to <laughs> say why. Um, Simon, ha- like, had a tardy slip. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't get this. Were there... So he says something about how... Going up the... Da- like, he went... Up the down... Up the downstairs. But so he had to so go down the downstairs them, yeah. and then go up the upstairs. What does that mean? Stairs can go up and down no matter what. Um, and my, well, my, my high school was, like, really small, so we did have up and downstairs. Like, you could only go... There were, like, two... Well, there were only two stairways, and there were too many students, like, for the school. So you could only go... Up, just because there were so many people, mm. like, you couldn't go down the upstairs because it would, like, mess up the flow of traffic. So... Oh. At my school, we did have, um, like, designated stairs, stairs um, for, like, going up and down just because people would be late if they tried, like, or you would just, like, run into a wall of people if you tried to go down the upstairs. I was just trying to, like, imagine how they would police that, but I guess if you're, it's, like, self-policing in a way, then it's fine. Well, yeah, because if everybody's going so in one right direction, direction and you're trying yeah, to go yeah. down, yeah, so. So he's, and uh, he has found out that... Wait, is this now? No, we don't learn about this now. Um, but so he's basically not having a good time at school at all. Yeah, um, as we because of Jim's ma. <laughs> so and um, Lucy has a big announcement, but they we don't get to it because the doorbell rings or something, and the colonel is there. Right. Uh, and that is the end of the cold open, I believe. Yes, it is. Um, and we will go into our storylines like we always do. Yeah, um, so I guess we'll start with Matt. Yes. I'm sick of him again because yes. I don't really care about his journey to becoming a doctor. It's boring. It's like, uh, he's in college and it's hard. Like, okay. Um, yeah, I think we did, we made the right decision when we moved him down on our rating system. Yeah. Um, I agree. I don't care about his journey at all. Uh, there's no, like, I don't, I feel like at this point in his life, he should not be as stupid as he is. Uh, and what we mean by that is, so, as like a, just a general summary, Matt does not blame the fact that he doesn't understand organic chemistry for the reason that he is not doing well in organic chemistry. He blames... Heather and their non-marriage. Yeah, he, he's still distressed because he was left at the altar. So he tells, like, he's talking to John about this, and he's like, well, I'm going to go talk to the professor. And John is like, oh, are you going to ask him for help or something? And he's like, no, I'm going to tell him about Heather and I and about how distracted I've been, and, and that's why I'm not doing well. And John is like, uh... That's not going to work for you, yeah. dude. Which it doesn't. Uh, the professor, we don't see this, this all happens off screen, but the professor is clearly like, I'm not, that's not a reason for why you shouldn't be doing this. Um, Matt's still kind of, like, in his head, through, like, in the next, like, Matt-related scene where 
It's like, oh, no, it's definitely Heather's fault. I've been distracted. I'll be back on track as soon as I'm not distracted anymore. We also see them at, I think this was the scene when they're, they're at the pool hall, yeah. and Mary is serving John and Matt, and um, John, oh, wait, Matt tips Mary off that the colonel is at the house. So later on, we see Matt doing laundry, and he's like, oh, well, the, my, you know, I don't want to go over to my house because I don't want to see the colonel. So this is like my mom's fault that I can't, like, that she can't take care of my um, laundry while I'm trying to study. And then he's like, oh, and John, it's also your fault that I'm not studying because I had to clean the kitchen because you didn't wash your breakfast dishes. And John's like, you never care about the kitchen being clean. Um, and... He was like, you're never just going to own it, that it's like, you don't understand organic chemistry. When you fail the midterm, you're just going to blame me and your mom and the colonel and Heather. So um, he's kind of just like, Like be an adult. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Matt decides to just huff off in a storm. Well, he goes to the library. He has intentions of going to the library. So he's at the library, and we see that he is still having difficulty concentrating uh, and he and the professor is at the library because he doesn't have an office, so it, he's sitting at a desk. It looks like with he's a student. Gr- he looks like he's grading papers because like there's a red pen in his hand and he's flipping through something. Um, but that, I think that's what he's doing. So Matt goes up to him and asks him for help. So mind you, the last interaction that Matt's had with this professor is t- telling him all about his Heather woes. So the professor goes, "I can't help you with matters of the heart. I'm a man of science." <laughs> Um, Matt's like, no, I need help with organic chemistry. And so they come to an understanding about the professor helping Matt because I think, like, he gives them, like, oh, stay at the library all night long and work on this and ask me for help anytime you need help and we'll be okay. And that's really the resolution of Matt's storyline. Oh, and the professor is like, you waited until the week before the exam to ask for help. And I was like... That's, like, really good. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> It's not decent. like a few, like, the night before, like, oh, shit, I don't understand this. <laughs> um, I think, overall, my, like, comments for this storyline is, one, um... They, they don't care about Matt. Yeah, we don't care about Matt. He... It's kind of... I mean, I guess it's kind of in character for him to be blaming other people for his, like, woes. Like, I feel like we've always said he's kind of entitled... Um, so I think, like, he thinks he should be entitled to, like, good grades, and the reason that it's not happening for him right away is because it must be because of Heather or because of John or because of Laundry or something. Um, I did enjoy... Oh, I no. The one last comment I had about this was... John's acting. Well, yeah, two things, I guess. John's acting... I don't know. I think... So I, oh, I think Aaron and I have disagreed about the John Hamilton character... <sighs> And like whether we like him or not, but I, I think mean I, his fa- he really does like bother his face really like bothers me when he does when he just like overacts and not but, really acting. But I feel like that's almost because he's not really. There's that one scene where he just wasn't given any lines. All like all of his acting cues were the camera's gonna turn to you and you have to react, but you and, don't say anything. And he always just seems so smug. He's always got this huge like grin on his face whenever something like goes wrong for Matt or when he's right. And, I don't know, it just seems like he's just very, like, into himself. Um. I, ju- I, genuinely, I genuinely enjoy his presence. I think he, like, is a good uh, balance for Matt's, like... I feel like without John, Matt would be, like, lost a little bit. Yeah. And the last thing I had to say was... Uh, I think this is something they do in a lot of shows, or... I don't know if they've stopped doing it now, but, like, it's a very stereotypical... Um, 
professor character that they've come up with. He's wearing like a tweed jacket or like something that you see professors wearing. He's wearing a bow tie. He has that like attitude of like, I'm aloof, but also I'm kind of like available (laughs) for you to talk to. Like there's no, I don't know. I feel like they always do this and this wasn't really original for them or for like TV in general to have this character. But yeah, that's it for Matt. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will have a little segue into uh, Lucy and Simon's storyline since they are connected. Um, so as we mentioned, Simon's not really having a good time at high well, school. When it comes back from the cold open, we find, like, he gets he, he gets a phone call and he gets off the phone and he's like, oh, that was Jim. He's not allowed to hang out with me anymore because um, his mother thinks that I'm responsible for the TPing of the house last week. So now I really don't have any friends because that was my only friend. Um, Meanwhile, uh, Lucy has been nominated for Homecoming Queen. Um, Aaron and I, during the episode, were talking about how this makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, or, I don't know. I don't the know. ball queen. The ball <laughs> queen. Uh, I think all of last season, we were pretty much under the impression that, like, she was just a regular high school kid. Like, she wasn't really popular. Because, um, right, like, they were also, like, well, they said that when she dated Jordan or something, she was, like, close to the A-list or that other guy. I mm. don't know. And then it was she Jordan. Did, and then she did, then she signed up for, like, Habitat, and then they were like, you were so close to being on the A-list, but now you're just, like, you're hanging out with the C-list. So we got the, I don't know, and I got the idea, too, that, like, maybe Lucy had had a hard time in the beginning of high school right. making friends, but I guess, like, she settled in and she found friends with the Habitat girls, or, but she was also popular, but she didn't, other, outside of doing Habitat, she didn't really... It's not like she had any other extracurriculars or anything where she would have been, I don't know, running with the popular... I don't yeah, know. There's just no precedent for her to be... I feel like it'd be more believable for Mary to have been nominated for Homecoming Queen, but uh, Mary's not in high school anymore, so... Yeah. Uh, so, Lucy... Nobody would vote for her anyway after what the deplorable thing she did to the gym. <laughs> Lucy... Um, decides to take initiative and she's feeling sorry for her brother so she tries to include him to get him like a better to give him a better high school experience um i think she recruits him for like helping her with her homecoming campaign yeah um so the next scene we see is so and also simon is like oh you're just doing this to like help me or make me feel better and i was like no she's using you (laughs) she's using you to get like the freshman vote or whatever uh, which is very much in line with Lucy's character so far. Yeah. Um, Simon is next seen uh, giving out, like, vote for Lucy Camden flyers. <laughs> and suddenly he's really popular. So popular, in fact, that two freshman oh girls God, come true. up to him. Um, uh, one of the girls is Joan. The other is Marie. Uh, Joan is played by... Jennifer Freeman, who is most recognizable as, I think, the eldest daughter in My Wife and Kids. That's I, all I, I have to say. I don't know, yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Anyway, they take a liking to Simon. Okay, and the other one, Marie, has the strangest voice. For, I don't know. They both just are smiling the whole time and, and looking pretty creepy. But the girl who plays Marie forgot how to speak, or I don't know, she doesn't open her mouth when she speaks, and she's also just got a weird accent. 
we were just talking about like I think we were focusing a lot about acting cues and like what people were told how people were told to act or what they thought their character was supposed to be doing yeah they clearly told these girls to like act like they were flirting but I don't think they had any idea what that meant so they were like we're just gonna smile a lot um Simon somehow gains an invitation to a party that weekend at Marie's house um and they're really really into they're like you have to bring Lucy it's so like it's so cool that your sister is Lucy Camden. Which, again, is completely... What? That's not... I don't understand. Well, they, they, they also... They see Lucy talking to Simon, and they're like, Oh, you're in luck because last year, like, the, like... Surprise outside s- candidate, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so, again, I was like, Are they calling Lucy an outsider? Or And also, these, these girls are so obsessed with what's going on in this high school that when they were, like, in eighth grade, they were... Right, they knew what was happening. Yeah. Did you did you have homecoming like king and queen or queen at your school? No. So at my school, the way it worked is you had to be in a sport in order to be nominated for homecoming king or queen. So like, if you what what I don't know if that's how Lucy's works. But I guess not. not because she's not in a sport. Like I was nominated because I was in marching band. That's not a sport. <laughs> but everybody that was in a sport <laughs> in any way was nominated in my high school. Oh. So like it wasn't an achievement for me to well, be nominated. Well, they uh, like the all boys schools would do it. So like the gir- like girls from any I think like one girl from like every um, like all girls high school would go and somehow be involved in that. <laughs> I don't know. Um. All right. No, I was just wondering if there was if that was uh, if like homecoming is just how does that work in other schools? <laughs> um, so I think what happens next is that Lucy finds out that she is going to this party, but it's kind of a catch twenty two for her because she's like, oh, if I go to this party, I'm gonna be a big loser because it's all freshmen or something. Like they were like, oh, all the popular kids won't want to vote for her. If she goes to this party and Simon is like, oh, but you have to so that people will like me. And Lucy, totally out of character, is like, okay, for you, I will do it. Because she's like, it'll help me get the freshman vote. And that, like, is better than getting the popular vote. And also, I would rather help my brother than become stupid homecoming queen. Which is absolutely such a lie. No, everything we know, we've known about Lucy. She tried so hard to be a cheerleader just because she'd be, like, popular or something. Exactly. Like, we have four seasons worth of evidence that Lucy... And it's not, like, a bad character trait. Look out for number one. Whatever. (laughs) Like, that's what Lucy's been doing, and... Like there's suddenly the shift now where we see her, and we see this like repeated like a couple of times in the episode where she's there for some another sibling and she's taking on more of a responsibility for her family. Um, I do want to say one thing, but I cannot remember it now, so never mind. Okay. Um, so I guess we can move on. Yes, you to, can. To yeah, because again, nothing nothing was resolved in this episode, so we don't know anything about. The party or homecoming queen. I think that's the end of it. I think I, I meant when I meant nothing was resolved. I meant the Mary storyline wasn't like didn't oh, have a concrete end to it. I, I don't think it's the end of the homecoming queen one. Oh, it isn't. I think mostly all of them carry over except for like Ruthie's and Matt. Oh, okay, cool, good job, Seventh Heaven. You're learning as a show. Um, so anyway, Ruthie is still like upset because she <laughs> she started the revolution. Yep. Um, and nobody listened. So she's still trying to get out of Miss Riddle's class, who is the teacher who called her stupid. And, um... Which is what the principal's, like, 
Right. The principal calls the Rev and Annie to the office. The Rev goes because Annie has to study or go to school or something. Um, and the principal <laughs> looks like a little boy trying to be an adult. He's dressed up in his finest suit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, well, we did these, like, I guess, standardized tests. We gave these, like, skills tests last week. And as you know, like, Ruthie did very well. And he's like, she was in the 95th percentile nationally. So the Rev is like, well, that's good. So what, what do you want to <laughs> do? And he's like, well, I don't think... We can, tra- like, he's like, if if I if we transfer her to another class at this school, we have to transfer someone else out of that class. And I don't think that this is the best environment for her because she, her grades are, like, average, but she's clearly, like, very intelligent. And he was like, I don't think she's being challenged enough, and she's bored here. So here's a brochure for this private school that she can get into. It's called the Eleanor Roosevelt School. Um, we... I guess it's some sort of, like, super genius kind of place because there's somebody in the sixth grade that's going to college now. <laughs> right, that's why they have that's why they have space. Um, so the Rev and Annie are having a conversation about whether or not um, to do this. Like, can they afford it? Uh, well, like, maybe they can get, like, some sort of financial it's, aid It's also it. totally glossed over, but we just find out later on, like, oh, she qualifies for a full scholarship, and that they never... Yeah. Um... Um, while this is happening, we get, like, it's a little, you know, you know, Ruthie's kind of, like, side stories, um, have this, like, little quirks to them. And uh, one of them is that she's gone over the heads of her parents for help, meaning she's talking to God, uh, or praying to God. She's not, like, who knows? Um, she has prayed to God for help, and, uh, she gets upset when she finds out that God's answer for her was to leave schools. Because her best friend Sarah whose hair she cut, and who she made fun of at first, is now her best friend. Um, Just the two of them. Right. And And she's like, oh, can Sarah come with me? And they're like, no. And then she's very upset because she doesn't want to leave school. And she's like, look, Simon Simon went to a new school, and he has no friends, and he's miserable, so um, you can't make me go. Uh, this is, we have another scene now here, like I mentioned, where Lucy is uh, being more family-oriented, where she, like, goes to Ruthie to try to get help her out. Ruthie's- we totally forgot to talk about Lucy's outfit. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah, okay. Okay, because she's wearing it in the scene, too, but earlier in the day when we first see her campaigning for homecoming queen at school, she's wearing what looks to be, a, like, a totally purple business suit, but it's actually just, like... Dre- purple dress pants with a purple like button up uh, long sleeve shirt. And I think it's, it's there's a, I think it's like a like it kind of looks like it's a blazer because there's a black shirt underneath it. She's like you see yeah, the black yeah. underneath it, but it's not a blazer. It's no. only a shirt. Uh, I don't know if that's her like power suit to like win <laughs> homecoming queen or something. Um, but it was fantastic. And then in the cold open, she's wearing a red leather skirt, um, which again is like very like um, very two thousands. Um, one of the girls that Simon is flirt like flirting with one one of the girls is, is flirting with Simon. The skirt she is wearing is also very early two thousands. I can't. Oh just, yeah, it was like a plaid kind of. Are you talking about Marie? No, I was talking about the other one. But yeah, oh, both of them. Well, I guess. Yeah. Well, because she also Marie also she had like this like kind of plaid skirt on, but she had um like a sweater like a bright pink sweater also like over her shoulders. It was right. very um. Like clue, and a preppy chic, yeah, pre- yeah, preppy chic, and yeah, I don't know how to describe this. I mean, the thing I can think of is like this is like prime Lizzie McGuire outfit. It's like um, like a very like hippie, like almost 
tie-dye like skirt but like I'm gonna I'm like trying to describe it to Erin so she can maybe like give me the name but instead of like being in like an a-line it like it's two triangles at the bottom. Oh, shit. You, you know I don't what know. I'm... Yeah. yeah I, I can't, like... But it's a very, like... This style, it, it only existed for, like, five years. I wasn't paying attention, um, I don't think enough, because I was, like, kind of just distracted by Lucy and the other girl with, like, the... Yeah, like, a clueless kind of, like, chic. Yeah, no, it was a very... Like, her... The one other girl style, Joan style, reminded me a lot about, of, like, what you would see on Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. Like what Lizzie would be wearing, Hillary Duff would be wearing on Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. Um, sorry, we can get back to the storyline now. Um, Ruthie is, uh, oh, she's like, oh, I'm going to run away to the circus. Like, I'd rather um, go to the circus than go to this, like, private school. And Lucy kind of gives her advice about how you'll make new friends somewhere else. And if you were one of the circus, you would have to make new friends there anyway but Ruthie says she's just going to end up marrying a clown. Yeah, because she was like, Sarah can come to the circus with me, and then I'm, we're going to marry clowns, and it's going to be great. Um, so, I don't know. I th- they- the, well, the colonel kind of has a pep talk with Ruthie. Like, you know, if I didn't do the thing that I was afraid of, and if I didn't leave behind everything I knew, I would have never met uh, Grandma Ruth, I would have never had Eric, and I would have never had Aunt Julie, so you should do this. Um, so Ruthie goes and interviews at the school. Now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, first of all, Annie is also wearing, to go to the school interview, she's wearing, like, a gray skirt with a black blazer and then a, a bright blue, like, pinstripe button-up with, with, with a solid, like, kind of like what you would imagine, like, a gangster to be wearing a kind of shirt because it's got the solid white collar. Um... And the first thing we see is, when we're at the school, is Eric, well, the Rev, just standing there, and Annie just runs into his arms, and is like... I passed. She passed her test. And then Ruthie comes out of the school with the principal, who is wearing... Had to take it away. And, well, I, I want to say, before anything, the first shot we get at the school is a horse. <laughs> yes. Like, so... Be seeing the principal, she's wearing, I guess, like a riding outfit, like what yes, you would wear. She is dressed for riding, like the pant, the beige pants, the riding boots, like the kind of like short jacket, like yeah. thing, the collar. She's got, yeah, she's got her <laughs> collar popped. Um, and she's okay. So this, the print, I guess, this is the principal. I'm assuming this is the principal. Uh, she's played by Brenda Strong, not Brenda Song. Uh, Brenda Strong was in Desperate Housewives. Uh, she plays Lillian Luther in Supergirl, and she was a character in Scandal for a couple of years as well. So she's gone around out there. Yeah, she's out there. Um, Basically, the school is like everyone's dream. <laughs> yeah, like Ruthie's like, oh, I don't have to. I don't have to have. They're like, oh, we don't assign homework because the kids work hard enough at school, and some kids don't do their best learning in the morning. So we have start like flexible schedules where you can start as late as ten, but then you'd have to stay till five. And also, we have like <laughs> we have horses here because that's a convenient thing that Ruthie just discovered she's into. Um, and school doesn't start until 10, uh, or, like, you can basically I just start... said that. <laughs> uh, well, no, well, I wanted to say something else, sorry. Oh, no, oh, they're, they're, that, like, they have individualized programs for if, like, students want to, like, study something else. Oh, yeah, and That's what they're, I mean. like, 
if you, uh, and they were like, if they want to do any homework at home about things that they're like, it's like independent study for like third graders. So it's just like a dream come true. And then when it's all over, Ruthie runs over to a horse and that's that. So basically she's going to this school. Um, which is in sharp contrast to, like, the way that the parents handle Mary's storyline. But I think that it's different because it's not, it's not really the same thing. Like, elementary elementary school and college are are, are very different, and I guess it's, like, a good opportunity anyway. If they, if they don't have to pay for this private school, it's going to be, like, better and does, like, individualized learning or whatever. No, I, I agree. I was just saying it, like, it's a weird contrast in the episode to have both these storylines happen at the same time. Well, anyway, so Mary... Uh, uh, as we mentioned, Mary's having... She's not really doing well at work. She, uh... We find out... Well, they... I don't know if they mentioned this last episode, but they say that the whole summer she's been switching... She couldn't hold a job. Um, so she goes to... I think the first scene we see is that after she serves Matt and John, we see her go to, um, like, her boss's office, who, again, they were, like... They called him the manager before, but... He seems like the owner, um, and he, and she asks for advanced pay uh, and because she needs to pay her car insurance and stuff. Um, but I'm like, what waitressing job has ever given advanced, like, adv- she was, like, a few weeks advanced. Um, and the guy is like, I'm afraid I can't do that. And then she goes to leave, and he's like, no, I need you to sit down. And she's like, that doesn't sound good. And he's like, because it isn't, and... We don't see anything else, but she gets fired. Um, we on on the other end of things, the Rev is talking to Annie, um, and they're just talking about what like Mary's current situation is. So apparently, she's one month behind in rent. Uh, she owes pay- not only payments for the car because she like bought it, but also payments for the car insurance. Um, so clearly, there's a lot of money problems rising for Mary. And we learn that the colonel is has randomly showed up at the Camden household, uh, not for any other reason than to... Pressure Mary right. into going to college. There's a bit of, like, a storyline, I guess, a little bit with the Rev, the colonel, and Annie, where they think that she, that he's there because he doesn't like that Annie's going to school. Which but that's not it. It's, like, stupid because we just did this with the Rev. Exactly. And we have the Rev, like... Fixing, like, we have a scene where... Oh, yeah, and he's so great now, and totally, like, you know, 180 on the whole school thing. Yeah, he's like, because I would have been a jerk if I, like, didn't let you do that. It's like, yeah, we discussed this. (laughs) (laughs) You were a jerk last episode. Um, So, as we mentioned, Mary gets fired, and she's trying to hide this from her family. Um, Immediately, the colonel, like, sees that something's up. So, he, like, is trying to get... And uh, Mary to spend time with her, uh, time with him, but she like says she needs to help his friend move or comes up with other excuses. Uh, until finally, he's like, "Oh, I've been looking for you. Um, can we go and pick up dinner together? And I want to like check out the pool hall." Yeah. So outside the pool hall, um, Mary's like, "I have to like tell you something. I got fired." <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, that's about it. Um, the colonel is like, maybe I can help you or something. Yeah, basically, um, she's like, are you going to tell mom and dad? And colonel, the colonel's like, no, actually, I'm not. And she's waiting for some sort of lecture, but he's like, no, I don't want to lecture you. I want to help you. And Mary reads this as, oh, you'll help me financially. But the colonel means it as, no, I want to help you get your life back on track. He's and- like, yeah, I can get you a job. 
Or um, I can help you get into college. Yeah. So that's obviously not what she was looking for. Um, and she's like, oh, this was all a big, everybody wants me to go to college. I don't want to go to college. Um, and I still, I, I guess, again, I still think this is, like, the mature thing at this point. Like, and she's made it pretty clear. And I don't know why everyone is resisting this. I just think, I think this, they could have done, like, they. I don't think we have an even story being told. I think the way that Seventh Heaven is portraying this, it very much is making us, like, side with the Colonel and the Rev and Annie, when I think that they could have given us a more balanced version of this. Where I think that, like, her parents have a point when, it, like, they're her parents, or they're worried about her well-being. But, like, if they characterize Mary in a different way because she makes a very good argument when she's like look I should be allowed to you know figure out like you said um what I'm doing before I like spend all this money but then immediately asks like is like kind of really childish about the way that she asks um uh the The colonel colonel for money and then when the colonel's like fine like if you want money I'll help you get a job but as soon as he's like like it's a job at a sporting goods store she's like well I don't want to work at a sporting like you could yeah. She, it make it paints her in a very bad light, which I know is on purpose. Which but. yeah, which is what they've been doing. So, um, yeah. So but, she finally does she tell the, I can't. She doesn't tell no. the revenue. You're right because she's she says something to the colonel about like oh well now you're gonna go and tell my parents I got fired from the pool hall and he was like no because that's what you want me to do because it's easier than you having to tell them and I'm not gonna do that um, um so. That's kind... Isn't that kind of where... Well, well, there's the last scene where she's having this yelling match with the car insurance people. The acting is really terrible. Yeah. um, She's like... Well, if I don't have car insurance, I can't drive my. I can't pay for car insurance because I don't have a job. And I can't. If I don't have car insurance, I won't have a car to drive to a job, which I don't have. Like, it and was then just she's like, like, and if you cancel the insurance, I don't care. I'm gonna drive anyway. And that's when like she hangs up the phone and she kind of like looks up into the sky and, and then just it, do like an exasperated sigh of like, <sighs> and then it like fades, fades to, to black. black. <laughs> you know, which I think is foreshadowing for whatever is happening next. I don't actually, I think I have a vague idea of what's coming up, but I honestly don't know. Some fun stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is cool. They are not, it's not self-contained episodes any, or like right now. So that's good advice is expensive. Um, I think, I guess the basic theme for the episode is asking for help when you need it. Like, um, Ruthie, like, asks for help. Matt asks for help. Mary is not asking for help. Lucy... Helped. Asks for help. (laughs) She asks for help, and then she's like, then Simon's like, you have to come to the party, so... He asks her help. <laughs> like, there's... Everybody's just helping everybody. Ooh, yeah. We're asking for help. Um, yeah, what would you rate this episode? Um, I'm going to give it, like, a 3.5. I feel like I've been nailing Solid. a 3.5, but I, I know I'm going to have some highly rated ones coming up, so... Um, I think I gave the premiere a 4. Don't go too high with this rating. You know, I know. You have to, I don't, you have no, to I don't leave room for good. growth. I, I don't think it was that good. But yeah. I don't know if it was, like, worse. Like, I don't remember if I liked the premiere. The premiere was <laughs> um, terrible. So I don't know why I gave it a four. Um, I think I'll give this a three. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I, it didn't, it wasn't holding my attention. Yeah. At the current, like, and just when they throw in, like, these extra people, like, I don't think you needed the colonel in this episode. I think these next few episodes coming up should have just been totally contained within, like, 
the family, and they pretty much are, but, um, okay, well, we'll get there. <laughs> um, so you can catch us every Wednesday and Saturday uh, by listening to our podcast through the Apple iTunes podcast app or uh, on soundcloud.com slash camdcast. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Camden Cast Show, um, and on Facebook, Camden Cast. Thank you so much for everybody that's uh, been commenting um, and then also sending us messages. We really, really appreciate all of the things that you're saying to us. Um, I'm Tanvi. I'm Erin. And this is Camden Cast. <laughs>